Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve. And you're watching a 60 cycle hum clickbait video. Clickbait special report. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to talk about math. <laughs> I mean, if it's about Gibson, it's automatically clickbait. That's true. Right? That's true. And if I'm involved, there's always math. <laughs> so uh, uh, last week I did a video that was very clickbaity and got a ton of views. Yeah. And uh, it was about how I didn't like the pit guard on the new Double Cup Juniors by Gibson. And there were which I disagree with you on. Okay. Okay. We'll save that. But for another you know, time. it's aesthetic, so who sure, cares? Sure. It's subjective. Uh, there were two main uh, like complaint comments on the video, like, "Oh, why didn't you talk about the new standard?" I made a video about that because they have to keep milking this. Where we learned that dip switch is a great insult. <laughs> oh, you're and, a freaking dip switch, bro. And then also people were complaining like, hey, how come you didn't talk about the prices? The prices are just awful. And when are they going to make a guitar like they used to that everyone could afford? And I was like, Steve, you're good at numbers. Let's do a video where we talk about the numbers of uh, of what Gibson's cost and discuss whether or not Gibson's are too expensive. Yeah. Or more expensive than they used to be, or unreasonably expensive compared to the past. So you went and you did your numbers thing where you actually yeah, so look I, at so actual I, facts. I looked at a bunch. Actually, statistics. So, so I, I started know. out just looking at the last um, five years of pricing because that's readily available. Yeah. Go to the. I actually. You're still trying to sell all those guitars. I actually pulled all of these prices off of the Gibson website. Yeah, that's how easy um, it is. And so, so there's some interesting trends in there. I thought. Um, the Les Paul standard, which is the flagship model, um, which I've also kind of like some of the YouTube comments actually kind of gave me a new perspective on the Les Paul standard model after the dip switch video. But I suppose we could save that for the podcast. Well, are, too. You, are you disagreeing with me or going to agree with me that it doesn't matter what it's called? Um, I didn't watch your video. I just read oh. the comments. <laughs> That's honestly probably more interesting than the video. Um, I just, I think the idea that the standard is just the flagship and whatever they want to do with it. I guess I'm giving away the podcast content. Whatever, who whatever. cares? Uh, that that's just the flagship, and whatever they want to do, they do. And that the traditional model is the new, what used to be the standard. Sure. Um, I think that's a that's probably the way we need to think about Gibson. I mean, people are putting um, too much weight on the word standard. Right. My big complaint with the 2015 lineup wasn't that they slapped G-force tuners on on their guitars; it's that they slapped G-force tuners on. Every guitar. Every single guitar. And, you know, brass nut on every guitar and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I found that was, that was, I thought was the first interesting thing is that, um, well, in 2019, the Gibson Les Paul standard to get to the main event. Here we go. Uh, what is $3,400. It's $3,399. That's going to be the street price. That's what the year price. was that again? That's right now. 20, the oh, 2019 yeah, 30- model. $3,400. So this is actually a price increase of 3% over last year. That 3% is, re- is really going to dig into the bottom line um, of people buying $3,500 yeah, la- last guitars. Yeah, uh, last year's instrument was $3,299. So what is 3% out of that? Like It's 100 bucks. It's 100 bucks. It's about 100 bucks. Quick yeah. math, Steve. I should have been uh, able to do that. So, <laughs> so the thing that's actually kind of interesting about that, too, is it's a 3% increase. And generally, like in business... Not that I've ever seen one of these because business is notoriously bad for the last 15 years. Uh, you but, mean our whole professional lives? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, a, that a cost of living adjustment, like the standard cost of living adjustment is like 2 to 3%. Sure. If you actually get one of those raises. Uh, and if you do. I never have. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so 
so a three percent price hike. I'm not saying it's justifiable. Freaking millennials. I'm just saying like it's it's a hundred bucks on a thirty three hundred dollar guitar. If you can afford thirty three hundred, you probably could have afforded thirty four hundred. Yeah. Um, where I actually found the biggest price hikes consistently were from 2017 to 2018, where both this uh, Les Paul Standard model and the Les Paul Studio model, well, the Les Paul Standard went up uh, 18%, and the Les Paul Studio model went up 10%. Let me show you this real quick. Steve has a bar graph down here. Oh. Maybe you send me this file, Steve. I sent you those files. Oh, good. I sent you the pictures of each of these graphs. Okay. Um, so the, graphs. the Les Paul Standard in 2015 was uh was actually thirty seven fifty nine. That was when they went from like I want to say they went from like twenty about twenty eight hundred to like thirty seven hundred, and that's when people really freaked out in twenty fifteen. Right. Of course, in twenty well, fifteen was insane yeah, for Gibson, anyways. Uh, twenty sixteen was the year that we predicted that they would come out with their liquor technology, <laughs> uh, which they did not. Yeah, what's uh, up with that? How come they never on, came Gibson. out with that liquor software? Um. Didn't we also predict that they would get John Mayer as a spokesperson? I don't think so. I thought so. there was something about I don't think John, I was thinking about John Mayer I thought there then. was something about John Mayer on that poster. Probably. Um, I'll pull up the poster and I'll flash it up here. And you so so anyway, so in uh, 2016, uh, the prices dropped pretty much across the board, except for the Les Paul Studio. Uh-huh. The Les Paul Studio model was actually dirt cheap in 2015. Comparably, it was uh, 1229 yeah. And in 2016, it goes up to $14.99. From $12.99 to $14.99. So it stays at $14.99 for 2016 and 2017. Most of the prices stayed stable from 2016 uh-huh. to 2017. Correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. Mm-hmm. I can do math too. That's like a $300 price jump, right? Um, No, that's like a $250 price jump. $270 price jump. Close enough to 300 all right, all right. So anyway. Come on, that's um, Ryan math right there. I got close yeah. enough. Um, the other model that saw a... Oh, no, actually, it saw a price drop. It saw a 21% price drop. There are some actually really big drops from 2015 uh, to 2016. Yeah. Uh, the standard went down 25%. The traditional went down 20%. And the LP Classic went down 21%. So that's kind of like... That's this year versus 2015. No, that's 2015 versus 2016. Gotcha. Okay. Right now, most of the models are cheaper than they were in 2015, with the exception of the studio. Um, the traditional is like 80 bucks cheaper. The classic is actually twenty dollars. I wish more. you had 2014 numbers because that there was like that huge jump from 2014. Yeah, 2014 to 2015. was a little tricky to dig up, and of course, everyone they're just trying to everyone hide it from kind us. of just like. There's a bunch of articles that just say prices are going up 30%. On 2014? Uh, from 2014 to 2015. Oh, okay. And, you know, the large uh, justifier for I'm all of it. I'm betting we could say that 2014 probably looked a lot like 2016 as far as prices yeah, goes. Because they I, were trying I think to they did. backpedal as hard as they could. Yeah. So, and so what we've seen since then is kind of a slow uh, incremental increase. Again, the standard, uh, if you put 16, 2016 as your baseline... They don't go up in 2017, but from 17 to 18, they go up 18%. And then they go up another 3% from 2018 to 2019. Um, the Les Paul Studio pricing has slowly gone up. It's been, again, same thing. It was stable 2016, 2017. Goes up um, 10%, 17 to 18. I realize I said yeah. all this already. The one thing that was actually really weird to look at is uh, Gibson's been really inconsistent with their budget model pricing. 
Yeah. In terms of like, sometimes they just don't really have a budget model. So this year's uh, big announcement was the Les the Paul Junior DC Junior. Yeah. Um, which is at eight ninety nine is actually uh, one of the cheaper double cut or not double cut, but cheaper budget models. Mm-hmm. Um, last year's LP Junior single cut was fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. Uh, the year before that, their fa- that's only one cut. Yeah, the year before that, you get double the cuts uh, for cheaper now. Their faded model, which I believe was a studio faded, was eight ninety nine. The year before that, they had a CM model, which is a single pickup, uh, carved top. You really at have six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Are they are they out of their mind? So it's like these prices just kind of like really fluctuate on the low end. Yeah. Um. This year, there's not even a faded model announced. So they're doing you satin gotta, finishes, you but gotta not buy, necessarily a like, faded finish. You got to buy a non-faded Les Paul and fade it yourself at home now. What a, yeah, what a ripoff. Um, I actually did the SG pricing, but I ran out of time to prepare those. In. And I I, 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 th- I think the, the Les Paul pricing is uh, more what people are, are complaining about and talking about. It's more the standard of yeah, different prices. Yeah. Uh, once you get into SGs and flying Vs and Comparat- comparatively, is more niche. Comparatively, niche, the SG, even at its most expensive, is relatively affordable right. compared to a less. I think the, the SG standard this year is going to be $1,500. So it's over 50% cheaper yeah. than the Les Paul standard. Um, here's something I want to know, and this is on you people who can comment down below. If you're someone who is complaining about the prices of Gibson guitars, what do you think they should be priced at? Like realistically, I'm not saying right. like, oh, a Les Paul should be $100 and I could afford it. I'm like, what do you realistically think they should be charging? And I'm not at all being defensive and being like, oh, these prices are fine. I'm just wondering what the counterpoint of that argument is like, what would you expect Gibson to charge for? Uh, what is it? The, the, the Les Paul traditional right. in 2019, right. if they made a major adjustment right. for 2020, what would you expect to see across the board? So comment that down below. Yeah. Um, I would just say just to launch the conversation. I think one of the problems that a lot of people have with uh, the Gibson pricing is when you look at, uh, once you once you kind of break that three thousand dollar line, you're in the territory of, of well, I can go some to really gu- really great stuff. Well, you're in the territory of I can go to Guitar Center and get this at you know thirty four hundred dollars. Yeah. Or I can find a guy who like I can get the pickups I want uh-huh. and this and that. There and- are definitely people who will build you just about whatever you can dream up in that price yeah. range, and, and, and they won't they won't be like like top like name recognizable small builders but you're right. gonna be able to find someone who will like build whatever you want in that price range and the flip side of it is is i'm you know already predicting the counter argument is well if i pay thirty four hundred dollars for a les paul i know in 10 years if i have to sell it i'm still going to be able to sell it for 2500 whereas if i get a no name you know or a, sure. a, a small builder and in 10 years he just doesn't exist then I'm going to struggle to sell that. But for you still get exactly what you want. And if you're using it as a player's instrument, then that depreciation doesn't matter because you're using it as a tool for what you're right. doing. Right. But I'm saying like, it, in, you know, in terms of like, if you have a family emergency where sure. it's like, I need to sell something quick, you know, if you're going to sell a Les Paul guitar, a Gibson Les Paul versus a, a, you know, the local luthier version of a Les Paul, um, the Gibson Les Paul is going to sell a lot faster. Yeah, but also in that price range, you can get some big name brand guitars yeah. that are incredible 
and undeniably really fantastic. I and mean, you can get some really, really good PRSs in that yeah. price range all day long. You can start buying Rickenbackers and I've at seen, that price range. I've seen some you some know? people talk about saying like the PRSs, like PR. I've you know it's one of those things. I don't know if it's preference, people's preferences, general generalized experiences. Uh, but some people say like, oh, above three thousand dollars, Gibson is a much better guitar than a PRS. Mm. But I've also seen. I mean, that's also the, the sub- other way around. It's also subjective, right? Like I would, I would much rather have the stylings of a Les Paul than a PRS, just because yeah. I like a more classic look in that sort of direction, uh, where PRS just really isn't my style. I can appreciate them as a builder that they make high quality guitars, but it's just not my look. Um, so yeah, I feel like I would still go for a Les Paul style over a PRS. Right. Uh, you know, we, we did spend a couple minutes looking at some like vintage pricing. Yeah. We should probably pull those up. Yeah. So, um, we and found you some, had, you we had found like an inflation, catalogs. you had like an inflation calculator. You were yeah. Using. So in uh, 1959, I'm pulling that up right now, a Gibson Les Paul, there was no standard model. There was only, I believe a custom. Well, how did they know what the standard was? If they didn't have a standard model in 59, Steve, the, how do they set the standard? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it was three hundred dollars. <laughs> right. The it's less like three hundred and seven dollars. The less Paul model was two hundred and sixty-five dollars and forty-two dollars for the case. So yeah, three hundred. Right. Just about even. Uh, so I found an inflation calculator. All right. Punched that in, and that would convert to twenty-six hundred dollars now. Okay. So that's um, kind of in the neighborhood of the non-standard versions of the Les Paul right. for 2019. I mean, inflation calculators have, there's a lot of like things to consider there. Is this like, it's kind of an average of a lot of things. Yeah. So how did they come up with yeah. that number? It's like, what did a loaf of bread cost versus now? What was minimum wage versus now? Exactly. How much would it cost to go see Jaws 1 versus the oh Meg? Oh my gosh. You know? Um, yeah. So actually, if you compare <laughs> that to- Jaws 1 didn't uh, come out in 59. If you compare that to the Les Paul traditional though, which is $2,800, like you're, pretty close to being in the same ballpark it is 200 dollars yeah. more but again like at that point we're talking about a less than 10 percent difference between those two prices which is kind of crazy that it stayed so stable maybe that's, that's how they're pricing themselves is they're relying on an inflation calculator oh my gosh um if we if you were to jump ahead to 1974 which is another catalog we found uh the gibson les paul standard was 650 dollars which actually, uh, apparently, the economy in 1974 wasn't doing so hot because $650. Wait, does this mean it's doing well or doing bad? I don't know. I either, don't know what anything means anymore. Either I'm way, just a millennial. Uh, I punched it into the inflation calculator, I'm and that's actually, actually uh, 30. Well, it depends on which sociologist you talk to. Okay, tell me the price, Steve. Uh, 3324. So what year was that? 1974 Les Paul Standard was $650. Okay. And in so, today's money, that's over three grand. Well, it's over $3,300. So that's Jeez. basically what the current Les Paul Standard is priced at. But you think about like if your parents bought their house in the 70s or the early 80s, like what they paid. Yeah. And it's like compared to what you pay for a house now, it's just like, yeah. Things are Shoot. crazy now. I'm looking at the what the cost of a house is now versus the cost of a house five years ago, and things are crazy now. <sighs> yeah, no kidding. Um, We're all going to get depressed now and go gorge ourselves on avocado toast yes, and avocado cereals toast. that we won't eat because we're millennials. Yeah. Uh, we're in, not millennials. In 1980, the Les Paul Standard package was $950, uh, which is... Um, 20 would inflate to 2907 in the modern dollar. What I'm getting here is that Les Pauls have always been expensive. Yeah. 
Like now, more expensive. I w- more expensive than I'd be interested in paying for a 1980. One thing I Les do Paul. wonder about with these inflation calculators is, um, and I realize I'm put. I, you know, if if there's an, a hardcore economist out there, they could probably sure. have some fun with this. Is uh, what I wonder what the buy like aside from inflation. Like there's a lot of conversation now about like what a minimum wage equivalencies were, sure. you know, 40 years ago versus now, because you kind of get into this weird ballpark of like what real, bu- like buying power versus inflation. Right, basically. right. I feel like and, buying power is, is a better metric. Right. Well, and, and like, there's this whole thing about like, like is is because you have to balance the whole picture, like against like cost of living. Right. And a cost like like what expectations were to buy things and, and whatnot. Right. And and I mean, I guess like, also there's like a lot of stuff we buy now that we didn't buy back then. And maybe it's cheaper now versus less expensive. Like your phone does everything now. Like how much would it cost to buy all those things that they did all those things in 1980 versus buying one phone, which seems very expensive now. I don't know. It's a complicated conversation. And I guess like if I was just shooting straight, Minimum wage arguments. I want to say minimum wage in like the mid '80s was around three dollars. I could be. Oh, off. I have no idea. Uh, I was a child. Which means at nine hundred fifty dollars, it would take you about three hundred hours of work to buy one. Well, now minimum wage is ballpark ten dollars, depending on where you're at. Sure. In California, I think it's at least ten dollars. So if you want to buy eleven twenty five, if you want to buy a three thousand dollar guitar, you're still doing about three hundred hours of work. Yeah. So I mean, there is kind of that weird angle. Um, one piece well, I is that did like if a, someone's working a minimum wage job 30 hours a week, that's 10 weeks. Yeah. I mean, a fifth, you know, a fifth, not, not a counting f- taxes, a fifth of your year to earn a Les Paul. Yeah. Now, one thing I did look up for just for fun, did I do um, that numbers right? um, 10 weeks is a fifth of a year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is, uh, Fender is in the process of phasing out the standard series. Uh-huh. Uh, or at least now, that's, do their that's standards what mean the same thing that Gibson standards do? Is it an industry term that's the same across the board? Uh, no, because actually after, I think after 2018, maybe. I'm just trying to draw this video out uh, as long I know. as I can. After 2018, there might not be a Fender standard guitar anymore. What? <laughs> uh, there will be no standard Fender. How will we judge what a the, standard Fender is the anymore? The discussion is that the well, and for well, the discussion is that the Fender. It's almost like it's an arbitrary term. It is an arbitrary term. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, the Fender, the Fender standard Stratocaster is the Mexican-made Stratocaster, and okay. it, it's supposed to be getting replaced with the Player Series. And with that replacement, is an eight percent. Is Gibson pri- going to come out with Player Series? Eight percent price increase. <laughs> The Fender American Standard Stratocaster has already been replaced with, I believe, the Fender American Professional Series. So suddenly, uh, the standard guitar is for people who play in their bedrooms and are poor teenagers, but the professional is for professionals? I mean, that's how it works out. I guess. Um, I feel like the standard would just be the standard. Like, that's the one everyone would want to buy. The Mexican one. Yeah, so Mexican standard. So don't buy the American one. I think that the Mexican standard would be the peso. That's what they base everything off of, right? But then you have to convert I'm just... it to dollars. <laughs> Bad jokes. <laughs> Bad jokes. Um, so I think, I think, uh, I don't know what all this pricing means. It just means that 
the guitar is expensive. It's I, an expensive guitar. You know, earlier you said um, you wanted to hear from people what what they think that a Gibson price would be worth, or uh-huh. what what that the actual real value of these instruments are. Um, I'd actually be really interested in in hearing from anyone who saw the 2019 price list and said, "Nope, I'm out." Yeah, and said uh, like that extra like, that, like, that, I that extra hundred bucks is a bridge too far. But I want that person to be someone who, I it's it's fine. It's great that you have a bunch of money. We need you to spend that money. I want to hear from someone who, like as a you know the thing that they do, they buy a Gibson almost every year from the current line. I know there's people out there that right. do that. I want to hear from someone who does that and can have has pictures to prove it. Like here's my collection, and they say, "Yep." This is the year where it's just it got too expensive. I can't deal with it anymore. That right. that three percent, um, and there definitely has been like, and also if like if you have been saving your whole life or whatever to get this one guitar, and you were just like, I have to have the newest, best, goodest Gibson that comes out, and now I finally have the money, and then they put out the prices, and you're like, a hundred dollars more. Now I can't do it this year. I want to hear from that person. Yeah, well that's that's what I mean. I want to I want to hear from the person who who was sudden, like surprised that they are, yeah. are suddenly priced out. Now here's, here's the next thing I want to hear, Steve. Yes. For you personally. Yes. Because a lot of this is subjective based yes. on your income and what you, your values are and how you view the brand is Gibson too expensive. Personally, personally speaking. I mean, I, I mean, you can look at it from their entire history. I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about in general. I think that there are certain numbers that once you hit them are harder to conceptualize, even though like I make more money than I did 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The idea that- Oh, you got two uh, kids now. I, yeah, I do have. I put my paper down. I need it back. Um, <laughs> the fact that like a Les Paul studio this year is $1,700, like that feels like way too much. Right. You know, 2015. Because studio is like their- their their base like it's oh, their base it's like no nice bind, model it's like no binding the studio now has binding on the but neck only on the neck on which the neck. is super weird i was i would much prefer it on the body than the neck i don't know yeah that's me i think that little binding on the edge really pops uh i th- to me like my personal answer is that, like i'm never gonna buy a new gibson sure like um I'm, I mean, I might buy something that's in the range of that Double Cut Junior right. like, to treat myself someday, but it, it would have to have like much better, more expansive features than the Double Cut I th- Junior. I'm I not think... going to buy a wraparound stop tail for like almost 900 bucks. Right, and I think they've had models in the past that were interesting. Um, if what we've seen is the complete low, like, low to high end and lineup for 2019 and everything else that comes out like, because they they'll come out with more models, almost guaranteed. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, they only have two pages of 2019 models right now, where previous years had four and five. Yeah, I think they always release I stuff think throughout the year. I wrote down on a different piece of paper that I left in my office that in 2018 there were a total of like 40 Les Paul models. <sighs> they did like the Year of the Dog model. They did, but a lot of those were like custom shop stuff. They did the yeah, a lot of like weird one-off the custom boogie shop, vans, the boogie van. Um, so right now we have, I think seven Les Paul models. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they do, they do have the studio and the studio tribute, which is mm-hmm. studio tribute is a satin finish model. It's probably replacing the studio faded line, but even that one, the studio tribute at 1200, I mean, that feels a little, that even that feels like it's not quite worth it. But then like I, 
I don't know. I remember like them doing the Les Paul. Um, they just call it the Les Paul Faded. Uh huh. Um, years ago for like eight hundred bucks. Isn't that the one our, our friend Daniel had? Yes. I remember those being like a really great value because they were solid, like actual like Les Paul feeling guitars. They are a real hit. They or just miss. they were just like they didn't have they were faded. They didn't have a, a glossy finish yeah. on them, and you know the the bells and whistles. Well, they were faded the finish, that, and they were solid mahogany. The ones that I picked up, I thought were great. I know so, some of them were were not yeah. as good. And I mean, I guess that's the other thing with the studio is the studio is typically the uh, lowest end model that has a maple cap and a mahogany body. Okay. Though again, in previous years, like the CM model had both of those features. It was relatively unfinished, faded. The CM only had a single pickup and it had a wrap around, so it didn't have the, right. the Tom. Um, so those were kind of like other features that kind of they used to get that price point down for the CM. Um, you know too much about this, Steve. Well, I've been researching it in preparation for this video. <laughs> um, so, do you, uh, outside of a personal opinion, do you think that Gibsons are too expensive versus the rest of uh, the industry? Like, you, there's so many great guitars out there now for really inexpensive. Do you think Gibson needs to catch up with the times by lowering prices to meet that, or do you think that they should? keep on doing what they do i think in some ways gibson is trying to maximize out on being at the end of the not being solely but being a um like a bit of a lifestyle brand yeah and um that's not necessarily a bad thing um i would say like all of your Big, big guitar manufacturers are to an extent lifestyle brands. Well, a lot of them have a lifestyle division where it's like, here's like the custom strat with like a ridiculous finish that, it, that one guy made, right. you know, and things but, like that. But I mean, like, hang be, this up as an art piece. Beyond that, I mean, there are. And there's like super crazy expensive Ibanez's sure. and stuff. Sure. But I mean, I mean, there's, I think Ibanez has a little bit of that, maybe not as big. I think at least the big American brands, I mean, Think about it like we're here talking about Gibson, but at the end of the day, like I consider myself a Fender guy. Oh, yeah, totally. Like I'm a Fender guy. I mean, you look behind and, me and see that like Fender style guitars are my, my jam more than anything and else. And I know um, acoustic, you know, in the acoustic world, you have guys who are Martin guys or yeah. guys who are Taylor guys. And I got a guy at my work who is a, uh, who actually would probably say that he's a Yamaha guy. Like he really loves Yamaha's higher end acoustic guitars. And, um, you know, so, so, and as soon as you get your brand to a point where you are a blank guy, that brand has become a lifestyle brand yeah. for you because that so brand like, represents you in, in more than just, this is an instrument that I play, but it's saying like, this is the quality that I aspire to, or this is an aesthetic that I aspire to. Um, so I think Gibson is playing off of that. Yeah, absolutely. Being a lifestyle brand and being able to say, look, it doesn't... And that's why people get so upset that, anytime they change any minute detail. Right. They're like, my identity, my personal identity, you've ruined it, you know? Yeah. And the I, tattoo I, on the back of my calf doesn't make sense anymore. I think, you know, <laughs> for the for the uh, person, even the person you were saying who's like the guy who buys a Les Paul Standard every year, the fact that, okay, I, I have a wall... And I started collecting Les Paul standards in, yeah, you know, 2001. So I've got a wall of 18 
identical Les Pauls, except for that garbage 2015 year. And all of a sudden, like, I'm going to put up a 2019 Les Paul standard, but now it's got an asymmetrically contoured neck. Every time there's a weird, like, quirky year for Gibson, that person just puts a different guitar in that year. Right. Well, so so (laughs) I just go wild and they buy, like, a Steinbrenner or something. and, And so, I mean, like, for that person, the thing that we put out at the beginning of the video saying, like, well, if you really want a traditional Les Paul, you should be getting the traditional model. Right. If you want one that's built like the way they were in 58, which is also like a funny comment I've been seeing around is why is it the why is that the Les Paul standard? Why isn't the 54 or the 56 the Les Paul standard? I don't know. I mean, I I know why, but but it's, you know, it's a yeah. funny idea. Yeah. Um so, you know, there's probably I'm I'm guessing that person exists. Sure. The person who um you know isn't it just can't doesn't want to have an instrument that says Les Paul standard on it knowing oh this has dip switches where nobody can see them. Right, right. Or the neck on this is a like I said it's a, a asymmetrical carve instead of like a standard yeah. like a traditional I want to put my hands on that neck. It sounds interesting. I don't know if I'd want to own one like that, but it sounds interesting that that crazy carve. It's the whole idea that it like shifts that, with your hand as yeah, you go they, down. Um, Gibson has kind of changed the way that they're structured, where the Les Paul traditional is effectively what the standard used to be. The Les Paul high powered is their uh, basically a like their super Les Paul. Yeah, yeah. It's a super strat, but it's a Les Paul. Um, and then the standard is kind of incorporating features in both directions. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of interesting to me. Um, I feel like the standard, if I owned a, uh, if I owned a recording studio right. and I had a bunch of money to buy a Les Paul that mm-hmm. had a bunch of, you know, like covered a lot of ground where someone came in and, and like their guitar wasn't working out, I could grab it and be like, we're going to use this. Yeah. Cause it has a, a dip switch feature that's ex- exclusively for plugging direct into like a DAW or recording board. Oh, really? Yeah, like the last thing on the dip switch uh, does something with transient frequencies or something like that. In the video, they were explaining that it's a recording thing. Uh, And it just gives you all the different, you know, push-pull options and stuff like that where you can be like, let's set up this guitar for this recording and and here we go. Like in my my head, that's like the perfect environment for that guitar. And I mean, that's... It's actually a really interesting point because I've, again, seen this comment as well, that the Les Paul, actually the Les Paul High Powered is probably the model in the current Les, uh, Gibson lineup that Les Paul would have actually played. Oh, totally. He loves because, crazy switches because and stuff. Les Paul, like from the 1970s on, was playing Les Paul recording models. Yeah. Like these were weird super pickups weird. and like settings and all these things. Like the Les Paul... The standard for the man Les Paul was not the Les Paul standard. No, that's that's for um, sure. So you know, from that perspective, um, you know, a lot of people aren't going to go down that kind of creative path necessarily, and not um, everyone should have to. Like, uh, not every like Les Paul is a unique player, a very unique player. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, and there, a good unique player. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of. There's a lot of like weird semantic arguments, I think, like that. Like, again, like in 1958, like, oh, Les Paul, like in the 70s, the Les Paul became the standard for hard rock, a style of music that did not exist in 1958. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you're, you want to use the, you want to buy a Les Paul standard that 
uh, you can use for your Led Zeppelin tribute band. Sorry, this is the Les Paul standard. You can only use it for music that existed in, in 1958 or 1960 have fun, have, or whatever. Have fun with your doo-wop. Right? Or your covers of uh, Rumble. Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to complain or about Rocket, that. Or Rocket 88. That's the song I was thinking <laughs> of. Uh, well, let's put a bow on this and get out of here. You yeah. can go get some food for lunch. Maybe we should both go to lunch. I don't have oh, a I have kitchen in my, here anymore. In my desk. Oh, you brought a you brought or We food can to go work. out to lunch. Yeah, okay, we'll figure it out. Care. We'll put on right. the put on the dime. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye. Please like, subscribe, dislike, leave us some nasty na- comments. Rude and nasty comments. Yeah. And support us on Patreon. Later. Bye.